0: Welcome to The Growing Band Director, the podcast that dives into topics applying to all of us band directors. My name is Kyle Smith, and joining me is my friend and colleague, Jeff Smith. Together, we discuss many aspects of a school band program, including how to build your concert, jazz, and marching programs, as well as everything else we do as band directors. More importantly, we'll discuss concepts that help us all improve our own programs every day. Always remember the famous quote by Ray Kroc, when you're green, you're growing, and when you're ripe, rot. Let's get started. Welcome everybody and happy summer if you're listening to this in summertime. Um, This is uh, episode number 20 and just a quick note that this is going to be in a two-part series um, of grade four music. So this is going to be part one uh, of some of my favorite pieces. So I, I was very happy to sit down and share some of this music with you. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll have part two coming out later this summer. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Growing Band Director podcast. Uh, this is episode number 20, and it's all about some of my favorite grade four pieces that I've used with students. And for those of you who are are, are commonly playing grade three music but not able to do grade four, I hope you listen to this music and you find it worthwhile not only to cleanse your listening palate during the summertime, but also to just hear what's out there in some of the grade four level. Because even though your your group might not be ready for it yet, um, if you keep working, keep improving as a teacher, and your kids keep improving, then there's a very good chance that you'll be having a group that's ready for this in a little bit. And you wanna have stuff ready when it's time. Uh, also, some of these pieces are listed as a three and a half, but I view them more as a four. Um, but the whole piece isn't necessarily a four. It might be if you have a strong percussion section, the rest of the piece is really a three or or vice versa. So, you know, always know your students. And just because it's a four, make sure you listen to it um, if you're on that grade three cusp already. And uh, and I think you might find some stuff that would, would work for your group eventually. Um, the grade two teachers, grade one teachers, grade half teachers, obviously this is going to be out of that realm. But I hope you enjoy listening to the music and and really uh, cleanse your palate a little bit as well and you know you've you've all performed music like this and, and much harder uh, in your past careers and it, it uh, it's just nice to listen to great music sometimes so I hope everybody uh, gets something out of this episode these these pieces are 20 of my favorite grade four pieces and they're just spectacular so um, the first piece we're gonna listen to is entitled charm by Kevin Putts. this is part of the BandQuest quest series and I heard this a number of years ago at Midwest in Chicago, I think it was 2014, sorry, 2013 that I heard this, and Michigan State performed it. And it's a a really great piece of music. It's in C minor, and it's all in seven, eight. It's two plus two plus three for the the rhythmic pattern, except for, uh, I believe it's two measures in the the middle of the piece. Um, It does lean pretty strong on percussion, and I believe you can get away with five players on this one. Um, Really great writing. Um, The end really does lean on the brass section specifically, Um, trumpet and trombone Um, also there's a great opportunity for clapping in here the entire ensemble claps and uh, as long as you they work to not rush the end of the piece it uh, it really does come together really nicely so let's check out um, charm by Kevin Putz a great piece of music i found that students really like that um you need to have a strong first trumpet player for sure um the audience really enjoyed it as well actually i had a couple kids stand up and go ahead and clap facing the audience to help the the audience learn about the seven eight a little bit um our next piece is entitled longford legend um i might say if there's if there's a piece that is my favorite um all time in the grade four this might be it Um, this is a collection of street ballads by robert sheldon um, and the three movements are meant to be a musical tribute to Granger, Holst, and von Williams. You do need some strong players in here in the reed section. Um, you know, first clarinet and first alto saxophone definitely do stand out here, especially at the beginning. A strong flute, strong piccolo player. Um, trombone section does not need to be uh, overly strong. Um, you need a horn soloist, uh, decent trumpet section. Uh, I think you need, it's one of those pieces that really seven percussionists does it. You can, I've done it before with five and, and four and they were able to cover it, but six or seven makes it uh, much more ideal. First movement is, is a great um, piece. that's entitled Longford Legend. And um, it's, it's a, a very great musical work. The second movement is called uh, Young Molly Bond. This is a slow uh, C minor piece that has a long alto saxophone solo. It almost sounds like the beginning of Cajun folk songs by Frank Kelly. Um, it also has a, a short clarinet and flute solo, as well as an extended baritone solo. Um, the third movement is called Killiburn Bray, sorry, excuse me, Killiburn Bray, and this is in F major throughout. It's a six, great 6-8 six, piece that uh, features woodwinds and has a great Granger moment in the middle of this,
1: <clears throat>
0: excuse me, as well as Uh, uh, an awesome DSE Ray sort of occurrence here in the last couple minutes of the piece that kids really, really love. So let's listen to sections of the three. So I played the whole piece of that, as you can tell, it's just such amazing music and so worth the journey that it is to play. And it's one of those pieces that the more you work on it, the more the students experience it, the more depth comes out of it and the deeper knowledge you get through it. And the more musical experience you can have. Again, it's one of those pieces that I feel like you can just keep working on uh, and get better and better and better. So hope you enjoyed that piece if if that was new to you. Um, The next piece is going to Come from a three movement suite by um, Andrew Boysen Jr. This is his middle movement of his folk song suite uh, entitled "All the Pretty Little Horses," and this is in D minor. Again, this is a, a a a good grade four in my view. It's actually not that it's terribly difficult in all the the spots. Um, the percussionists are written. There is a piano part plus five percussion, and they 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 they, in, they introduce the entire thing as well as finish the piece. You need a really good flute soloist, um, a really strong sound down to low D. As the piece builds, the horn section does take the lead from time to time and it's not doubled anywhere else, so you need a a couple horn players for sure. Um, The whole band is required to sing in this. Many times uh, in the middle, it's just the unison pitch, but as you get near the end of the piece, Um, the beginning comes back and it's a flute solo with clarinets, uh, in the background with the percussion section, again, um, quoting the beginning, but then the last eight measures is the band singing the tune. When you wake, you shall have all the the little pretty horses. And it does break off into three-part harmony at the end. And it's really, really powerful. So, um, My wife says that the middle of this sounds like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Um, So I think this is a really great setting of All Pretty Little Horses by Andrew Boysen Jr. Let's check it out. Every time I hear that piece, I, I remember how much I love it, you know, and some of the stuff he does is he'll have a, a major triad, but then the melody is the ninth of that triad, and it just gives it a contemporary sound without, um, without getting away from being warm. You will notice that the piano part in that was heard, but not completely essential, in my view. It is covered in marimba and other places. Um, so you could either go without piano, if that's an issue on that one, or you could go uh, and have a middle-of-the-road piano player, and they would, do, they would do just fine on that, and it wouldn't hold the group back if they weren't you know, a star player. Also, you will notice French horns went up to high A on that, so if you've got a, uh, a couple strong horn players, that might be the piece for you. In the past, my horn players have loved that piece. The next piece is by Johann Sebastian Bach, and this is transcribed for band by Molman. This is the Bach Prelude and Fugue in D minor, I've also done the G minor one. Some of the recordings on YouTube are by uh, University of Michigan band with Raveli, those great bands doing it. And this is really a work that if you have a larger group, um, this is really considered a symphonic work. This is going to be hard to do for a smaller group. You know, it is hard grade three, lower grade four for sure. Um, It's so great because it's originally an organ work um, and there's so much great writing in here. And again, like we did on the grade three podcast with the Prelude and Fugue in B-flat major, there's so much the students can get musically out of playing music by Bach. So this is a great piece the Prelude and Fugue in D minor by Bach. Let's check it out. so many benefits you get out of doing a piece like that. And it really brings out some of the darker side uh, of box music, some of the passion, some of the fury, some of the anger. And I think a lot of kids can relate to um, the emotions that, that a piece like that uses and all the fugue stuff and the the parts within the group. Like there's a lot of times where the clarinets are all alone as a choir. Um, but then there's a lot of times where like it's bassoon and tenor sax and bass clarinet and euphonium and they have these moving lines together. It's such a great piece of music. You know, a lot of times we don't do some of the standard band literature and the stuff before that, some of these transcriptions. Um, but that's one that's definitely worthwhile. Also check out the G minor one as well. That one is, is also great. The next piece we're going to do is arranged by a great composer and arranger named Brian Beck, who writes for Alfred mainly. Um, this is called La Tragenda. The the witches Dance from Levili by Puccini. And it's a great piece of music. And the story behind it is, it's an intermezzo from the opera. Levili depicts the evil doings of the ghost maidens deserted by their lovers. According to the legend of Levili, when a woman dies of a broken heart, the fairies disguised as beautiful women cast a spell over the heartbreaker and force him to dance until death. And this piece is a lot of fun to play. Uh, The trumpet section needs to be able to double tongue And the stuff in the middle is, um, uh, there's a lot of accidentals. It kind of goes to B major for a little bit, but um, the majority of the piece um, is quite playable and it's a lot of fun. Again, an operatic uh, transcription at the grade four level for high school is really, really a blessing. So uh, let's check out La Tragenda by Puccini, arranged by Brian Beck. an exciting piece of music and, and such a great concert opener uh, in 6-8. The next piece is works really well as a concert opener as well. This next piece is also in 6-8. I'm not sure if that was smart on my part or not to put them back to back, but this is Kirkpatrick Fanfare by Andrew Boysen Jr. This was written by um, for him to commission for Central Missouri State University for the dedication ceremony of their James C. Kirkpatrick Library in March of 1999. So this has a... Irish flair to it. It opens with a flute or a tin whistle solo. Uh, also features percussion throughout on this with a great, some great timpani solos if you have a strong timpani player. Um, there's also so, short solos throughout for bassoon, for tuba, and I think that's it for some for oboe as well. Um, the trumpets and trombones really need to be strong on this one for sure, um, as they do go up to. Uh, High high C for trumpet, high F for trombone. Um, Horns have a great part on this as well. So hope you enjoy Kirkpatrick fanfare. such a great piece of music. I I forgot to mention in the beginning, I'm sure you heard Danny Boy at the climax of that in the trumpet section. Um, And if you're going to do an Irish tune, obviously you you need to include that one there. And um, he did a great job writing that piece. And that piece has been really, really popular for about two, two two decades now. So I know a lot of you know that piece. Um, one other thing on that one, to do it properly with all the parts covered, you really do need four French horn players. So that one, that, that's one that's limiting limiting if you don't have a full horn section. But it's such a great piece of music. The next piece of music we're going to listen to is entitled "Luke's a Rum Quay, and it's uh, written by Eric Whitaker. And I know many of you probably know Eric Whitaker's music. Um, this was done in 2005, and he was sort of the first composer to really make it common to take multiple chord tones and put them all together, like have a chord and then, you know, like a C minor chord, and then add a B flat major chord at the same time. And, uh, so there's a lot of contemporary harmonies in this one. Um, Romque means light and gold, and it really is meant to, um, symbolize basically, like imagine an open chest of, uh, gold in the bottom of the ocean and how the light would shimmer off of that. Um, it's such a great piece of music. There are four flute parts and um, the clarinet part does take a lead there ha- um, near the end of this holding their, their sustained pitch uh, throughout as everybody else moves around. Um, it's really a great piece of music. Uh, there are no percussion parts in this at all. So you'd only be able to do this if you you know, had, had a chance to be without percussion Uh, in your schedule somehow. So let's check out Luke's Arumque by Eric Whitaker. i'd be remiss if i didn't um mention that that was originally a choir piece as i'm sure many of you know um and just such a great opportunity for musical expression and tone and blend uh, and everything that goes along with that so luke's a such a special piece i've been able to do it once there was one time in maine where we did it at, with the all-state band and we had a flute player who wasn't even playing through through a lot of it but she was able to sit inside the band as they were making all those amazing sounds and uh she said it was just an amazing experience. The next piece of music we're going to listen to is called The Fantasy on a Fiddle Tune," um, and this is by, written by the great Pierre Laplante. Um, again, if you if you've listened to past episodes, we've we've discussed Pierre Laplante's music, and it's just such great Americana music um, for teaching. And as my friend Tom Lazat always says, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Um, Pierre Laplante's music is is always very rewarding. Um, this piece is fantasy on a fiddle tune Uh, it's based on the traditional tune old joe clark Um, there's at least two versions of this old melody and there are no doubt other variations as well the tune used here is found in many folk song collections and is is of particular interest because of the bluesy tone of the lowered seventh in the opening measures of the verse which is exploited more thoroughly in the down temple middle section of the fantasy Mm. Let's see what's next the piece concludes with a lively canonic tra- treatment of the fiddle tune the introduction interlude and coda are fragmented treatments of another old-time melody called arkansas traveler so this is great americana music let's check out fantasy on a fiddle tune listed in the grade three and a half category to me that's a four i mean you heard right at the very end the articulation and soloistic playing in the clarinet choir at the end um and there's so much in there to me that's a grade level higher than american river songs or um uh what's the other piece prairie songs uh from pierre la plant so there's so much great music and i reached out to him a couple of years ago and he got right back to me too he seems like a great uh, a great man very nice man great composer we're going to do two more pieces of music uh, on this episode and then again we'll do another another grade four episode later on this summer as well um, this is one of my favorite grade pieces grade four pieces of music this came out about nine years ago 2013 this is from west side story and it's michael sweeney's version of mambo so if you haven't heard this i'm sure you know the original mambo that's such a hard piece of music. He's taken this and put this into a grade grade four variety. It is actually very playable, and it sounds like the original. Um, you would want to do this if you had a strong percussion section. There's one, two, three, four, five, six percussion parts on this, and there's tons of Latin percussion in here, as you can imagine. It is in cut time throughout, and it's such a great piece of music. Kind of leans heavily on the, the woodwind section here at the beginning as well. So. Again, Michael Sweeney, whether you're doing grade one or grade four or five or classical music or jazz band music, there's so much here to do. So he's such a great writer. Let's check out Mambo from West Side Story, arranged by Michael Sweeney. listen to one more piece of music on this podcast and then we'll come back with the other 10 or so uh, on another podcast this summer. Um, this is entitled Sevens by Sam Hazo and Sam's a very nice man if you haven't had a chance to meet him and this piece to be honest is kind of pushing the grade five level but I thought we might be able to sneak it in because we're not going to do a grade five podcast. Uh, I don't, At least I don't have plans to. Um, so you know this one really if you have the right players I think does sneak in t- to the the harder grade four um even though there's a lot about it that's not very easy um but i have done it with bands that were kind of hard grade four bands and uh and they did it well it was commissioned by cbdna uh consortium and the purpose of this piece is basically to write he was asked to write a barn burner and he was reflecting on the impact that that gershwin's rhapsody in blue had about how he basically took the jazz idiom and the classical idiom and, and melded them together. So this is basically meant to symbolize Gordon Goodwin's big fat band into a concert band setting. And um, it's you know, he was asked to write a Barn burner. So in an he he writes the the following program note. I thought this was interesting. In an effort to write the modern-day Barn Burner as well as a tribute to appreciation to George Gershwin and Gordon Goodwin, I picked the concept that the seventh was the musical interval that Rhapsody in Blue kept so prominent. So I based the entire composition in sevens. Every part of this piece has a connection to the number seven. That connection could be in the number of notes in the phrase, the time signature, the seventh steps uh, chord that a phrase is based upon, etc. Strangely enough, and this is cool, after I finished the entire composition, I realized that my tribute to Gordon Goodwin and George Gershwin entitled sevens had one more symbolic turn. Both composers share the same initials GG, which is coincidentally the seventh letter of the alphabet. So, this cool uh, piece is really great, and um, it actually starts in E flat minor and then goes to F minor pretty briefly afterwards. Um, But what's really cool about it is it's actually in an alternating version, alternating time signatures of 1116 and 716, which is really just 3 4 and 2 4. But less a 16th note. And um, again, percussion plays a very prominent role in this. There are six percussion parts, and you really need seven players to cover everything. Um, So I hope you enjoy this sort of mix of big band and uh, concert band music. Here is uh, Sam Hazo's Sevens. thanks again for listening Um, I know that piece um, is a little bit more in your face than a lot of the other grade 4 music but again we have lots of different types of students especially in our high schools and we sort of have to have the ability to find music that's pretty energetic for them as well as a music that's very sensitive and and as you're programming think about you know uh, representing as many different moods within a concert program as possible Um, and that piece definitely fits uh, within there so Thanks very much, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Growing Band Director podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your band director friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you have the time, we highly recommend the After Sectionals podcast for more great listening.
1: Thank you for listening to The Growing Band Director. See you next week.